This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Oanda Senior Market Analyst in Singapore, Kelvin Wong. Good morning from London, and good afternoon to you, sir. Good morning to you, Johnny, and good afternoon over here in Asia. Well, markets have been digesting those uh, shock figures from the United States on Friday, the latest non-farm payroll numbers, which were way, way above expectations. How have markets responded to that where you are following those big numbers? So if you look at the current situation right now in terms of the FX market, we see a positive follow through in terms of the dollar strength performance into the Asia session. So the reason why dollar is strengthening right now is due to the fact that if the data of U.S. employment market is weak, there will be much more urgency for the U.S. Federal Reserve to enact their interest rate cuts in terms of the timing and in terms of the pace. So right now, given that we have a very strong, shocking non-farm payroll data that is burst expectation by two and a half times, that's coming in uh, above 200k jobs added per month in January, and the exact figure is about 333k jobs added. So it indicates that overall, the job market in US is still pretty much resilient. So given a very strong job market, and the job market is one of a segment in the US economy that the Fed will monitor to actually decide on its interest rate policy. And that actually came in line with the prior FOMC meeting that was outcome that was earlier on Friday uh, jobs number where Powell actually did mention that he is still very unlikely to be confident to ignite the first rate cut in March. So after that job, very strong, stellar, shocking job number, the highly anticipated first interest rate cut that come in March that's been portrayed in December last year has more or less been killed off. So now you talk about the futures pricing based on the CME Fed Fund Watch 2 is about less than 20% chance or about 13% chance. So that's more like a very unlikely scenario. So market now is actually looking for the first cut to come in in May. Uh, roughly, the pricing uh, expectation is about around uh, 59%. And what's interesting over here is that the total amount of interest rate cuts in 2024 by the US Fed has now been reduced by one uh, from six to five. So that actually kind of uh, reduced the uh, US Treasury yield premium reduction expectation against the rest of the world. So definitely we're talking about US fixed income in a way that is relatively more attractive versus the rest of the world. So that's explaining the dollar's uh, strength right now. Looking at the dollar index is actually now trading close to eight week high. And look over at Asia right now, over here, the worst performing currency against the dollar based on the five-day rolling performance basis is the Aussie, which is down uh, 1.8%, then followed by its smaller cousin, the Kiwi, down by 1% against the dollar. I was surprised to see the closing US markets on Friday were actually up though, Kelvin. The Nasdaq up one and three quarter percent, the Dow Jones up about a third of a percent. Why was that, bearing in mind, those figures would suggest we're going to have to wait longer for that interest rate cut? Yes, yeah, so uh, what we could see over here is a very resilient US stock market, but however, it's being concentrated by only a few stocks that is holding the fort on last Friday, which is the heavy-weighted mega-cap technology stocks being driven by a very rosy earnings expectation and guidance that is up from Amazon and Meta, and which has a high weightage in the S&P 500 and definitely the Nasdaq 100. So I want to point especially Meta. So Meta, which is a slash Facebook, 
they actually rallied by 20% in a single day. So I think that is in the last 20 or 30 years, the, the strongest uh, single day stock performance by, by a stock. So driven by the fact of very strong revenue. And for the first time, uh, Meta in its corporate history is declaring dividend as well and together with share buyback. So that actually boosted the share price of Meta, which indirectly Nasdaq and S&P 500. So on a weekly basis, the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq continue to close uh, by four and three consecutive weekly gains. But what's interesting over here is there's one particular small segment in the US uh, stock market, which is the Russell 2000. So uh, in a nutshell, the Russell 2000 comprises of the small cap stocks. And these guys tend to have lower credit ratings due to a weaker balance sheet. So for sure, due to their weaker balance sheet, any push up in long-term interest rate that's represented by the rising U.S. 10-year treasury year on last Friday after that strong job number will be definitely detrimental to this Russell 2000 company's profit margin due to their weaker balance sheet versus the companies that is in S&P 500 and NASDAQ. So with that, the Russell 2000 underperformed last Friday, uh, down negative 0.6%. And what's interesting, from a weekly basis, they actually underperformed as well. So for the whole of entire last week, the Russell recorded a weekly loss of negative 0.8%. So, but bear in mind, as we now head to the month of February, and with the uh, mega cap US earnings out of the way, with the fact that we do have NVIDIA that is out uh, later on the later part, the third week of February, Traditionally, in the last 25 years, the month of February has been a very weak monthly performance month for the S&P 500. That's based on seasonality. So uh, February is, uh, I reckon, that's based on, it's the third weakest month based on seasonality. So given the fact that if uh, the dollar continues to be pretty much resilient for the entire month of February, let's see whether the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq 100 could hold on to their current gains at this point in time, given uh, for the month on February going forward. Okay, let's look ahead to the next few days. Tomorrow, we've got uh, the RBA and later on the week, some important Chinese data. Where do you want to start? Okay, so let's start with RBA first. So the RBA, under the hymn of the new governor, uh, Michelle Bullock, when she first started as holding on the him in RBA leadership, she sounded relatively uh, hawkish. So almost the same vibe that like BOE Governor Bailey. Yeah? So uh, in the previous meeting, uh, she still uh, sounded a bit of erring towards the cautious side, especially indicating that uh, inflation in Australia is still rather elevated and is driven by excessive demand at home rather than supply shocks from abroad. And they are aware that bringing inflation back to the goal of 2 to 3% was slower than earlier forecasted. So that was the statement that was released from the previous meeting. But given the fact that the latest uh, inflationary data in Austria has started to indeed temper off a fair bit and came down softer than expectation, if you look at the Q4 figure that was released last week, there is a high chance that the monetary policy statement might sound less hawkish instead, but for sure, market is still expecting no change of the current policy cash rate to be maintained at 4.35%. But with the removal of a less hawkish vibe in the monetary policy statement, given the fact inflation uh, data in Australia has indeed starts to temper off uh, way softer than expected, there could be a high risk that the Australian dollar, means the Aussie dollar, could continue to uh, slide much further against the USD, given the fact that right now uh, it's actually breaking below a key medium-term support at around the 65 figure level. 
Another data to look out for will be coming this uh, Thursday. So on this Thursday, we do have an important China data, which is the inflation data. Why is it important? Because if you look at the current uh, China stock market and the Hong Kong stock market, is still uh, hammered by this uh, rising heightened fear of deflationary risk spiral that is still pretty much sticky in China, despite all the ongoing efforts by the top China policymakers trying to negate this deflationary risk by throwing in physical stimulus, cutting the reserve ratio, the, the RRR of commercial banks, and as well as on Sunday itself, the China stock market regulator actually make an announcement that they are monitoring the high volatility movement on the China uh, stock market, which starts to uh, plummet close to, I think, what, two and a half year low on last Friday. So this inflation data will be pretty much watched. So market is actually expecting another very weak soft number in terms of inflation rate, year-on-year rate. So for the month of January, market is expecting a further plummet to negative 0.5% year-on-year from negative 0.3% year-on-year that was recorded in December last year. And if this inflation data continues to turn out as expected, trending downwards, pointing towards more heightened fear of deflationary spiral, we could potentially start to see much more verbal intervention from China top policymakers going forward this week. But however, will market stock participants believe them in this aspect, I think that is uh, uh, something that we got to monitor on. But however, if you look at the current price section of the uh, Hong Kong benchmark stock indices, it seems to me that it's still uh, rather erring towards the bearish tone than the bullish tone at this point in time. Kelvin Wong in Singapore, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.